Hey everybody, Taylor Rotwell here back with another Laravel snippet. It is the morning of February 8th here in the office, just wrapping up another week of working on Laravel goodies and secret projects and stuff like that. So this week, uh, there was one cool PR that came in around the PHP artisan serve command, where if you've run the serve command in another project, of course, that project is now occupying port 8000. So if you go to localhost port 8000 in your browser, you see that project's um, response. But a PR came in that if you run it in another project, while that previous project is still running the serve command, it will actually search through available ports starting with 8000 and increment all the way up like 10 ports up. So it will, for example, serve the application on port 8001 in that project. So that's kind of nice. You don't have to uh, remember to close down your other uh, PHP artisan serve command, or you can even serve two things at once now uh, quite a bit easier. And I believe that actually came into, I can't remember if it was Laravel 5.7 or 5.8, but it may already be available, but if not, it will be available in just a few weeks when Laravel 5.8 is released. There was also an announcement on uh, Laravel News about how the string and array global helpers were deprecated in Laravel 5.8. Now, they're still in the upcoming release of Laravel 5.8, and I'm not sure even when they will be removed entirely, but regardless... If and when they are removed, there will be an optional uh, Laravel slash helpers composer package to just bring in those exact same helpers again if you want them. Um, and again, this is just the string underscore helpers and the array underscore helpers. Um, so you'll have an optional package to pull back in. Uh, the reason for deprecating those is all of them basically just proxy into the string and array classes that already exist. Um, they don't actually contain any of their own code. So they're, they're not actually doing anything. They're just proxying into another class. So it's just sort of this unnecessary layer at this point. Um, so, and they also just kind of clog up the global namespace with helpers, uh, helper names that may have conflicts with other packages and stuff like that. So anyway, it's possible in a future version of Laravel, those could be removed. Uh, I'm not sure which version could be six months to a year from now. So if you're using the helpers, go ahead and just switch to the class versions of the same methods. Um, they all can be switched in that fashion, so that way you'll be ready. Um, and then speaking of other changes, uh, we've been looking at PHP Unit 8, which was recently recently released and had a breaking change because the setup method of the test case class now has a void return type hint. Um, so if you're extending your test case class, which a lot of people do, of course, to extend the setup method to put their own setup code in, you now have to add a void return type hint to that setup method or your test will fail. Basically, they won't run. Um, so this was, this kind of brought up an interesting discussion on types in general. And the sort of type, I guess, craze in PHP is sort of in the past few years uh, taken shape. I had a few thoughts on types, which I probably shared before, but wanted to talk about them a little bit more um, because I see a little bit of misconception actually in PHP about what types actually do for your system or your application. And so, I mean, what types do is uh, they prevent consumers of your code from sort of incidentally passing the wrong argument type, either through like a typo or just, you know, I don't know, trying to pass an integer when it should be a string. And most of these errors I think are usually pretty simple. Um, and they also serve as a type of documentation, of course, to help IDEs like PHP Storm and other uh, IDEs give you better information about the code you're interacting with so that you can see right there what type of argument it expects. So that's pretty convenient. 
But what type systems don't do, and which I see people kind of implying that they do, um, I think incorrectly, is they don't specify the correct behavior of the program in any way, shape, or form. So they don't guarantee that any specific thing happens when you actually call a method. It's just sort of a contract. So for example, I could have a uh, restore database method that type hints a database value object. And within that method, the program could accidentally delete the database. And of course, this seems obvious, I think, when you say it. Like, of course, the method can do whatever it wants once it has the proper arguments passed into it, even if it does something that is totally opposite from what the method name is. But I think people sometimes weirdly imply that because a program has correct type hints, that its behavior is correct, which type hints and behavior have nothing to do with each other at all. Um, so another thing type hints don't do or is they don't decrease your testing load even a little bit. So they don't decrease the amount of tests you have to write for your program. And this goes hand in hand with the fact that types don't specify any behavior at all. So you still have to test the exact same amount of behavior that you would before. Um, so, and if you had tests, and of course, regarding, you know, preventing consumers from ac accidentally passing the wrong argument type, it depends on who's consuming your code. So if you're the only one consuming the code sort of internally, and if you have complete test coverage on your application, of course, you know already you're not passing the wrong type into any methods because your tests would have caught it. Um, so I think the types mainly help, you know, when there's sort of third party consumers of your code, it gives them some pointers on what you're supposed to pass in without explicitly re referring to any kind of documentation or anything. Um, but it just doesn't decrease the test load at all. So that's one thing I've seen kind of on Twitter is people implying that because they have types, now their program is somehow more behaviorally correct or they don't need to test as much. And both of those are really, really incorrect ways to look at types. Um, so I actually, I don't have a big, strong opinion on using types like in your own application, um, because if you need to loosen or change the type, you can just do it because it's your application and you're not depending on any other people, you know, to have, you're not going to break any other people's code. I think when you start writing libraries, you know, like PHP unit or Laravel and stuff like that is where you start getting into these sort of, sort of lame situations where it is sort of lame to have to have a breaking change just to add a void type hint, which does nothing to improve the behavior of the application or improve its correctness in any way. It's just sort of added in this sort of robotic rote fashion to add type hints just for the sake of it in a way. Um, and at the cost of sort of this breaking change. And we've had situations like that in Laravel as well. Um, so it's not just PHP unit. Uh, I don't mean to just bash them. We've had similar situations in Laravel where a lot of times I find we've had too strict of a type hint on some method and then we want to loosen it. And it happens to be a method that people could be extending for whatever reason, um, even if it's not really um, explicitly encouraged to extend it because the method may be protected or not entirely private, they can extend it. So we have to make that a breaking change essentially just to sort of either loosen up a type hint. Like sometimes we have methods in Laravel that either take a string um, or a closure, but we type hinted a closure and then rather we wanted to loosen it up and allow like a string callable. And so we had to change that type hint and that causes a breaking change if people are extending that method. So that's just a few two cents on, 
on types and type systems. Um, I just mainly wanted to talk about how they don't have anything to do with behavior or the behavior of your application at all, um, because that's something I've seen implied over the past few weeks that I think is a really bad way to look at types. But anyway, don't have any huge strong opinion um, on whether you use types in your application or not. Um, I actually use them quite a bit myself, actually, just as a byproduct of the Laravel container being entirely based around uh, type hints and the way it reflects into methods and resolves uh, services. So sort of have to use them in Laravel to a certain extent, at least, um, if you want to use the container at all. All right, so uh, I continued this week working on you know, the big project I've been working on for Laracon. And one thing I wanted to share about it this week, which if you're building a SaaS application, I hope um, this will be helpful advice. But um, a lot of times in a SaaS application, of course, you have a user model and maybe that user has subscriptions and or whatever. When you first start building your SaaS application, it's really tempting to just sort of attach everything to that user model. And that's what, I, that's what I've been doing um, in this project. And that really always kind of ends up biting me because then I come back later and I'm like, Oh, I really need to add teams into this application. And, um, it's really kind of painful to go back and add this concept of teams and sharing different entities, uh, across teams after you've already sort of baked the whole system around users. So if I could give any advice around this concept to, other people writing SaaS applications is just to start with teams or accounts or some other higher concept. Um, and don't, don't attach everything to the user. Just go ahead and start with teams from the very beginning and sort of build the system around that concept. Even if you don't actually expose the ability for people to create additional teams right from the beginning. Um, so for example, you could hide like the create team, functionality and just have people assigned to their own personal team and just sort of hide the whole concept of teams in your application, even though they're still there on the back end. Um, because it, it sounds a little bit like you aren't going to need it or, or breaking that whole principle, but I've just found it such a pain to add after the fact that it almost is worth going ahead and sort of preemptively designing the application around teams, even if you don't need them. Um, it's just sort of been this exception to the rule, I think, that I found that it's just too painful to go back and do it. Um, so anyway, just a little bit of SaaS building advice uh, that I wanted to pass along, hopefully save you some headache. Um, on the open source world, we released Scout 7.0 today, which upgrades to the Algolia PHP client uh, version 2.0. So Nuno, who's been uh, helping with this, got this ready for us and uh, he works at Algolia. So that's out today. Um, it's not really a lot of big changes. There's only, I think, one minor change that maybe doesn't even affect uh, most applications. So go ahead and look at the upgrade guide for that. Um, it's out on GitHub. We have an upgrade markdown file and a change log markdown file for Scout. Go ahead and review those if you're using Scout and, and see if there's anything you need to do there. We're continuing to sell Laracon tickets. We have under 100 tickets left now, so really getting into the final stretch of ticket sales. Still have a couple speaker slots to select, actually, and to announce. And uh, But I'm really excited about the conference. I think it's shaping up really, uh, really well. Have the most speakers we've ever had at a Laracon as a product of shortening the talk time. And uh, we also got a group discount deal at a hotel that I emailed to the Laracon list. So if you're on the list, check that out. Um, 
hotels in Manhattan are notoriously expensive, which is one downside to having a conference in New York. But this, uh, we got a group deal for one ninety nine a night at this hotel, which is pretty good deal for Manhattan, even though that's actually fairly expensive as far as hotels go and sort of the rest of the country, I guess. Uh, so check that out and, um, I'll see you next week. Thanks.